0: Hey there welcome to the tent i'm your host scott felman and it's time for another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective you know one of the annoying realities of our hobby like life in general is that sometimes you need to compromise on stuff it's one of those words that us hobbyists naturally cringe when we hear right you do you admit it compromise has such a feeling of finality about it but the reality is that in our hobby, compromising can often yield exciting results, unexpected benefits, and occasionally breakthroughs. Sometimes it's simple as not being able to accommodate that one larger tank and end up with two or even three smaller ones. In reality, is that even a compromise? Really, when you think about it for a fish geek, but anyway. Or maybe it's something like not being able to afford that one prize specimen of a pisto or whatever it is that you've been looking for and ending up with another species that you not only fall in love with but learn to spawn rare and maybe even foster some breakthroughs with or thinking that you're going to you know be trying one type of uh, uh, of aquascape or whatever only to be forced into compromising due to a budget space or time restrictions only to end up with something amazing that you never thought about before it happens a lot and that's not a bad thing really The reality is that being flexible, adventurous, and being willing to accept new ideas and approaches on perhaps a smaller scale or under a different set of circumstances is really one of the best traits that you can have as a hobbyist. Compromising some aspects of an idea has, on so many occasions in my personal fishy career, enabled me to accomplish stuff I never thought possible with benefits, enjoyment, and opportunities that I could never have imagined previously especially when it comes to tank size, probably the most annoying compromise we as hobbyists feel that we have to make. Sometimes the benefits of using a smaller tank might be surprising. It's all really a matter of perspective. Think about it. What compromises have you made only to come to realize that they were not compromises at all? When it comes to botanical style aquariums, compromises require us as aquarists to make a bunch. When we understand that adding botanical materials to the aquarium is not only creating the environment, it's adding bio load into the system and that we need to allow for the passage of time for the beneficial bacteria and other members of the microbiome to grow and multiply within the system. Is that a compromise or is it more of a uh, accommodation? To many hobbyists, waiting for this microbiome to develop is a sort of compromise. We love stuff to happen fast on our personal timeline. The reality, as we know by now, is that nature sets the timeline, creates change, and requires us to accommodate her, whether we want to or not. Oh, sure, some of the changes that occur in the life of an aquarium are human imposed, such as equipment modifications and replacements, aquascaping edits, fish and plant additions, etc., etc., etc. However, if you look carefully, as I'm sure many of you do, Uh, as many changes can be attributed to the life to the cycle of life that happens in your little microcosm as to human intervention on the aquarium environment by ourselves You the Aquarius ever keen on anything that occurs in your tank will notice and often perform subtle or not so subtle interventions to counteract this process lest it descend into some sort of chaos, right? Yet isn't chaos a sort of human ascribed thing too? I mean, we're talking about changes in the aquatic habitat which evolve the look and perhaps the biological operating system of the aquarium. This is absolutely analogous to what happens in natural aquatic systems. With a lot of botanical materials, you know, terrestrial plants, branches, logs, leaves, etc. in the water, one would anticipate some sort of chemical changes the longer the areas are submerged and as these, you know, materials begin to decompose. And with a more or less constant influx of rain during the wet season, I would bet that there is some dilution or at least redistribution redistribution of organics within ecosystems. In our aquarium, redistribution is limited to hardscape wooden rocks as much as it is in nature. On the other hand, one could make the argument that our water changes do indeed simulate some of the processes of rainfall and flooding that occur in nature as well to some extent. And our continuous addition, removal and replacement of botanical materials, as many of us surmised, is a pretty good replication of what happens in these systems in nature as well. Materials are continuously falling into the water and being redistributed with ones that have been down for longer decomposing and or being acted upon by fishes and other aquatic life forms. Finding a rhythm that works for both of us, that means us and our fishes, is the key here. I mean, sure, if you really wanna follow global weather patterns and do stepped up water exchanges and botanical additions and removals to correspond with them, this would be a really cool experiment. However, for most of us, simply establishing a routine of botanical additions and replenishment is a good idea. It's change and consistency. Working together in a most interesting way, we've talked about it before, but it does bear some further review in this light. There's streams where botanical accumulation, particularly in the banks of leaf litter, where the stuff has been going on for more or less the same way for many years, creating semi-permanent features in the aquatic environment. For example, uh, in meanders, which are bends in various Amazonian streams. Many of these have been studied for, for many years and some leaf litter beds are known to have existed for decades in the same place. The implication for this is such is such a leaf litter beds have become more or less permanent habitats for generations of fishes and their offspring. And like the tropical reefs in the ocean, there's sort of an oasis of life containing both the fishes and their prey items in one convenient package. Now, although these are semi-permanent features, they can vary throughout the year, influenced as we discussed previously by seasonal inundations, rain, current, all that kind of stuff. And then there's those floating leaf litter banks. It's been postulated by some researchers that floating leaf litter banks supply the benthic community, which includes, of course, the fishes, with food and shelter, especially during the dry season when other habitats are simply unavailable. On the Amazonian floodplains, for example, the flood cycle of the rivers in the, into the agapo, which we've talked about many times, are the dominant seasonal factor and fish communities are found to fluctuate greatly over the year. During inundation, fishes migrate into the floodplain forests to feed on insects, fruits, seeds, and all that stuff. Now, studies of blackwater communities have shown that during these cycles, a greater diversity of fishes exists there. Many species were found to be specialized feeders. Fish, detritus, and insects were the most important food resources available to this community in both high and low water seasons. But the proportions of fruits, invertebrates, and fish in their diets were reduced during the low water season. What am I getting at here? Change, consistency, and compromise, yet again, even among the wild animals that live there. Obviously, there's new, you know, numerous examples of this sort of yin-yang thing in nature, all of which have some really profound and interesting implications and possibilities for hobbyists that are you know, eager to replicate the functional aesthetics of these kinds of systems. The more we look at nature, the more we find that trying to model out aquariums aesthetically and functionally after her processes is an amazing way to go. And that involves compromises, doesn't it? Perhaps the key to many previously overlooked benefits for our fishes is to simply try to emulate the processes which occur seasonally in nature, embracing change and its strange yet inexorable relationship with consistency. Our fishes have adapted to it, we should embrace it. Some hobbyists have commented that as their leaves and botanicals start to break down in their aquariums and the scape as initially presented changes significantly over time, that something's going on. Well, yeah, whether they know it or not, they're grasping the Japanese philosophy of wabi-sabi. Sort of. Uh, One must appreciate the beauty at various phases to really grasp the concept and appreciate it, to find little vignettes, little moments of fleeting beauty that need not be permanent to enjoy, but the basic concept of wabi-sabi is understanding that transience of nature and understanding that these natural processes and replicating more and more of them in our aquariums can expose more and more people, even non-hobbyists, To the wonder and fragility of these types of fascinating ecosystems. Fostering a greater demand to protect them is really amazing, isn't it? And it's a great time to be in the hobby. I mean, we have the fishes, the technology, the materials, and the means to research arcane topics once considered solely the domain of scholars. We can actually execute on many of these things. We can try playing with concepts that we've likely never given much thought to previously. And we can rapidly communicate and share ideas, successes, challenges, and failures, and overall progress is with, you know, hobbyists all over the world. Nature's calling. And yes, it involves a little bit of change. It involves a little bit of compromise. We have to be flexible. It's another thing for us to grasp, that flexibility thing. But that's what happens in nature too, right? Maybe this is even a mental shift for us, I guess. But you know what? You should embrace the change that being flexible brings. Enjoy nature at work. Enjoy and work with nature in your aquarium, and you'll develop an even greater appreciation for the beauty of the natural world and have a lot more fun doing this. And yeah, the flexibility goes with the territory. Stay engaged. Stay attuned. Stay observant. Stay creative. Stay flexible. And always stay wet. Until next time, this is Scott Fellman from and Aquatics. Thanks for spending part of your day with me, and I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of The tent.